Hello and welcome to another episode of A Brother's Creed Podcast, where we talk about motivation, experiences, and we explore the world around us. We're the Thomas Brothers, and I'm Ethan. And I'm Jared, and today we're talking about another Credo episode. Uh, a Credo is one, uh, one of the attributes of a creed, uh, so a singular attribute, and we've been doing a series of different Credos, and the Credo of today is Resilience. This is a uh, great attribute. There's a lot of different ways that you can be resilient. And I think that we could use a, lot, a little more resilience in our lives now. I mean, if we've been through COVID. Uh, we had to be resilient to get, th- resilient to get through that. Uh, I think a lot of people were kind of still wiped out from COVID, right? Just f- Well, not necessarily from COVID the disease, but like from that time period. Uh, a lot of people are still numb from that. So being able to bounce back from that and be resilient uh, in some ways. And so we're going to share some stories and some attributes and some different c- ways to look at resilience. Uh, and we can talk about how we can add it to our own creeds. So let's go ahead and dive in. All right, let's do it. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. Most valuable commodity I know of is information. And that, my friends, is called integrity. That's called courage. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of. Either you're somebody or you're nobody. You're not the devil. You're practice. Okay, so... Resilience. Resilience is an interesting one, um, and, and I, I kind of saw this one going in a lot of different directions. Resilience, I think, has a lot of different, let's say, possibilities of how someone can be resilient. So, I mean, we could look physical resilience. You know, being tough, being able to withstand physical pressures. Or being emotionally emotionally resilient, um, you know, being able to not let what other people say get to you, or you know, not just crumbling with anxiety when when you're faced with stressful stressful situations. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you can have resilience in decision making, right? You can uh, be able to. Uh, Calm down in a time of stress and collect yourself and be uh, resilient in in making specific decisions. So uh, resilience to me is the ability to bounce back, adapt, and recover from challenges, setbacks, and adversity. Yeah. It... Uh, involves the capacity to withstand and overcome difficulty or stressful situations, maintaining kind of a psychological well-being, a physical well-being, um, and functioning despite facing those different hardships, like I said. Uh, resilient people, I would say, can kind of, they're more able to navigate the ups and downs of life and maintain a a positive mindset. You know, we've talked about optimism before, maintaining a a positive mindset and actually learning and growing from these experiences. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so I think resilience is definitely a uh, a very strong skill that I think anybody can develop. And so, yeah. do you have anything on kind of what resilience is? No, I just think there's in any any facet of your life, emotional, physical, intellectual, uh, spiritual. I, I mean, any aspect of your life where you're trying to just continue on and live, well, there's an aspect of resilience that you need to have. And there's examples for all of those. I think some of the easier ones to, to explain are, are physical resilience. You know, you got David Goggins. Who's going to carry the boats? Uh, they don't know me. They don't know me, son. You don't know me, son. You know, and it's like this guy is very resilient. I mean, he ran, I mean, he tells, tells us stories about how he, you know, I don't know if you listened to his kind of story, but I read his books, but he tells a story about how he did like a hundred mile race around a track and how he was basically at the end, his feet were bleeding and he lost control of his bowels and he just basically ran himself from the ground with very minimal training. And they're like, wow, this guy's crazy, man. Uh, he went through uh, SEAL training, was it Buds? Uh, Buds, Like yeah. three times, I think. And, and he's the only, I don't know if he's the only black guy to do it or the only guy to do it. I don't know if it makes much of it. I think it, he, he did say it was a big difference, but he said only 1% of black black guys get through Buds uh, because of the swimming. Uh, I think I think he like uh, he went through Hell Week like three times or something like that in a short period of time. Yeah. Cause he was injured and he, and he had just stuff. And I mean, that guy's resilient, dude. He pushes himself to the brink, uh, all the time. He almost died because many times because he just pushed his body so far to the brink that it was just about to, he was about to die. But, uh, that wasn't my story. I had a different story that I wanted to share. This one's a little bit eerie and everybody always t- talks about this as, as like, Oh, this is so tragic or, this is kind of creepy, but I think it's actually a better story of resilience. So have you ever heard of just a small group of people called the Donner Party? Hmm. Yes. So the Donner Party, it's kind of a tragic tale, but it's a tale of resilience in the face of unimaginable adversity. So the year is 1846, mid-19th century, and this group of pioneers of about 87 members uh, known as the Donner Party, embarked on a journey from Illinois to California in the hopes of a better life. They were headed west, the pioneers. So that led by they were led by George and Jacob Donner, who were uh, kind of the two kind of patriarchs there. And the group faced a series of challenges that would test their endurance and their resilience. So as they started to cross the Sierra Nevada Mountains in the winter of 1846, in 1847, the party became trapped in heavy snowfall, um, and they were unable to continue their journey or turn back. So they got kind of trapped right in the mountains, and there were some people that were sick, and they're like, oh, we're just going to hang out here for a little bit, and then the snow's going to let up, and then we're going to go. Snow never let up. And the situation turned dire as their supplies began to dwindle, starvation set in, and so the group faced freezing temperatures, hunger, and then the harsh realities, uh, oh, the rescue was unlikely, began to set in. So they were uh, in, in a sad state. So despite these dire circumstances, the Donner Party demonstrated a remarkable 
level of resilience. They improvised shelters with whatever materials they could find. Uh, and during the brutal winter conditions, uh, was just, I mean, high up in the Sierra Nevada mountains, they, it was just quite the survival feat. Uh, they rationed their meager food supplies, and when those ran out, they turned to measures, including resorting to cannibalism to survive. So this is kind of where this infamous Donner Party becomes famous because they, they ended up eating those who died. But imagine the level of resilience you had to have uh, to eat someone that has died, you know. What was that? Uh, remember that? Uh, this this is a sidetrack, but just a movie. Jack Reacher, that movie with Tom Cruise. And there's, mm-hmm. a, there's an old guy in there who like bit his fingers off and he ate his fingers to survive in the cold. And then at the end of the movie, he's like, I'm a survivor. I ate my fingers to stay, to stay alive. I will do anything to stay alive. You cannot kill me. And he shoots him right in the head. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that was epic. He just didn't care, you know. Uh, uh, the, anyway, that was a great movie. But um, so anyway, they're up there surviving, and they're freezing to death. They start eating each other. Out of the eighty-seven members of the Donner Party that started, nearly half of them died. Uh, from a combination of starvation, exposure, illness, all that. So they weren't killing each other to eat each other. No, no. no. Or just they were just dying. Uh, and then someone would yeah, die, and then they're like, "I'm starving. Let's eat this the guy." Situation, yeah. yeah, yeah. So one of the most notable aspects of the resilience is the fact that despite the extreme hardships they faced, some members of the party continued to hope and search for a way out. In fact, a group led by James Reed, one of the original party members, managed to reach safety and bring back a rescue party. So him and uh, and him and, and some other people, they just said, hey, we've got to go get help. So they went out and they ventured over the mountains down and then they found help and then they came back and rescued the party. The survivors of the Donner Party endured immense physical, psychological challenges, but their determination and resilience against these overwhelming odds was just so evident and in, in, in those that survived the story although you know while tragic serves as a it's kind of a testament to the human spirit and their ability to pres- persevere even in the darkest of times when you have to eat somebody and so even though this is a dark story i think there's a lot of resilience and then in the pioneer just in the pioneers themselves uh, an incredible amount of resilience there's a show that is called, I think it's 1882. Um, it was like a precursor to uh, the Yellowstone. Yellowstone. Yeah. Eight, 1883. 1883. Oh, I was close. 1883. You're a, year, a year off. <laughs> yeah. So that show is really good. And it shows these pioneers who are traveling west to, for a greater life. A lot of them are immigrants. Uh, the main family is just a guy who's headed out to Montana. He wants to get some land. Uh, James Dutton. And he takes his family across and all these immigrants. And he kind of leads this this train of folks across. And they cross rivers. They deal with Indians. They deal with tornadoes. They deal with all kinds of disease, animals, all kinds of stuff, bandits. And it is wild just to really see that how tough it was and how tough you had to be to actually survive to get to the other end. So 
really cool series. Uh, I would suggest watching it. And if you wanted to learn about resilience, watch that series, man. You're like, oh, yeah. And that's how it was for a lot of those folks, too. So, uh, And in some cases, even worse. So uh, anyway, yeah. that's that's my, my story, my movie recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was good. We actually just finished watching it uh, last a couple months ago. So, um, yeah, I, I think resilience, it, w- one word that I think of, particularly when I think of resilience is uh, grit. That is something that I think about. And um, there was uh, a TED Talk from 2013 that uh, was titled Grit, The Power of Passion and Perseverance. And this lady uh, named Angela Lee Duckworth basically gave this TED Talk on, on how uh, grit is a better determination for achievement of long-term goals than uh, than talent or skill or knowledge uh, is. And so I'm going to kind of walk through her talk a little bit. There's these different sections, um, and this is this is kind of my my story uh, of of resilience, but. So first off, she she defined grit. So she defined defined it as a combination of passion and perseverance. She argues that talent alone is not enough to achieve success, but that grit is a crucial factor. So she started to do a bunch of research on grit. And she shared a bunch of insight into her research, particularly focusing on some of the studies that she had done in various settings. So she did study uh, in schools. She did um, studies on grit in different military academies of, of just kind of all levels. And so her research aimed to understand why some individuals succeed while other individuals with equal or even more apparent talent do not. And... So they developed this this quiz type thing where it asks you a bunch of questions and then you have to say kind of like always, sometimes, or never. It's just a bunch of different questions. It's called the grit scale. And so they, they introduced the grit scale, um, and it was a tool that they used to measure an individual's level of grit. And it assigns your ability to... Uh, maintain effort and interest over an extended period of time, um, even through the face of challenges and struggles. So the case study provided examples of uh, high achievers who demonstrated grit in their pursuits. And these examples included individuals from many different fields, education, business, sports, military, and, and, and why basically certain people succeeded. And the biggest thing was why did certain people succeed when they didn't, they weren't the ones that had the particular just born and natural talent. So because when, uh, when was it? When talent doesn't work hard, hard works beat talent. Or is, that, is that the saying? Is that how it goes? Yeah. Yeah. When talent doesn't work hard, hard work beats talent. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, I was I, I was watching this thing today 
and it was this guy who was talking about uh, this World War II battle um, against the Japanese, and there was this island um, that had 450 Marines on it, and they the Japanese were attacking this island in like full force, and one of the the bombings took out the communications, the radios for all the Marines that are around this island. They were kind of defending against the Navy, the Japanese Navy attacking. And the guy, the, the guy, the commander who was giving, he was like in the middle of the island at the command center. And he was the one that was sending out the, the radio, running the radio. He did not realize that the, um, the comms had been disabled. And so all of these different, I think it was like five or six different um, stations around the island. He kept, he, he was radioing instructions about what to do but nobody was radioing him back. And he was just like, he was thinking that his, his, uh, his bases were getting run over. And then that's why they weren't responding. Cause they were getting taken over and stuff. Well, he comes out later and realizes like hours later and realizes that basically the, 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 the motto that they used when they said that, what did it, how did it go? It said, uh, when there is a lack of instruction, um, advance, advance to pure destruction. <laughs> and so it was just like, when there's a lack of instruction, you know, go on the side of destruction. And that was kind of the quote of the Marines at the time. And so they're like, well, we're not getting any instruction. So we're just going to go and just destruction everything. Right. <laughs> and just demolish as much as possible. Uh, cool. So, the the kind of the conclusion of all this research and everything else that this lady did was that um it kind of concludes with a call to not only recognize and cultivate grit uh, in individuals but acknowledging the potential of how this can specifically drive achievement and success and teaching kids from an early age that it's not only important to learn, you know, academic skills and book smarts and everything else, but fostering grit in students, especially in kids, is a very powerful thing. And, and it can be in any in anything, um, you know, and I think kids are just kids are just naturally resilient. Right. You go to the you go to the beach. You know, I remember we used to go to the beach for Thanksgiving growing up. And dude, that water was freaking cold. But we'd be out there swimming in it. <laughs> yeah. Right? After and, a while your body goes numb and it's fine. <laughs> yeah, man. And it's just like but as parents or as a, not parents, but as adults, although I remember dad being out there with us too. Um, but as parents, you're kind of just more like, eh, you know, that water's cold. I don't know. Um <laughs> and so, but I think it's 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 fun, like things like that to like foster that in your kids. Like, yeah, they they want to get in the water. Yeah, go get in the water. It's gonna be freaking cold, but go get in the water. You know, and yeah. and, and let them like, um, you know, be be resilient. That's one thing that you know we've talked about this before, but that that I've been doing for a while now is um, I anytime I shower in the morning, I don't do it at night. But when I shower in the morning, I always do like a freeze out at the end. So at the end of my shower, I'll do two to three minutes of just as cold as the water will go. And um, at first it just was, it was terrible, but 
but it kind of grows on you and you kind of get to a position where, you know, I wake up in the morning and I have this like voice and this is this, this voice of weakness in the back of my mind. <laughs> that's just like, uh, I don't want to do that. Or maybe like, I don't want to get out of bed or, uh, I want to sleep a little bit longer or, you know, just this voice of weakness that I, that I feel like I'm constantly battling. Yeah. And whenever I'm in the shower and I'm in a nice warm shower and it's, it's nice and I'm relaxed and everything. And then I get to the end of my shower and I'm like, okay, you know, do I want to stand here for the next three minutes in this cold water and just kind of be miserable? Yeah. And, um, and, and in that moment, every single day when I do that, I have to make a decision. And I and I and I'll do it and I turn that water to cold and I'll stand there and that voice in the back of my mind will just start screaming, No, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. And I'll just stand there in the cold water. I don't want to. But then after about 30 seconds, that voice just kind of fades away. And I don't hear him saying, No, don't do that. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. You know, it's just like that voice of weakness I feel in the back of my mind is just yeah. like gone. And exercised yeah i feel like that sticks around and for me it's cold showers for someone else i might be waking up early and going to the gym or you know going on a run or eating healthy or whatever else you know for me that's just what it is and what i have noticed is that that making that decision to be resilient or making that that gritty decision at the beginning of a day really sets the tone for my day and it helps me to whenever I'm faced with something that maybe I don't want to do later on in the day, I'm just like, man, just freaking do it, you know? And yeah. I feel like I'm more resilient. Um, and I feel like that can be trained. I remember going to <laughs> we were uh, going to a, a, an NFL football game. I, Dad and I went. This was, I don't know, t- 10 years back. And it was. uh at night, I think the game started at seven and it was like 42 degrees and raining. And it was just sitting out there. It's raining. It's cold. But it was just like we just we were we were happy to be there. We were happy to be together. And it was it, it was fun and it was kind of miserable at the same time. But it was just like, you know, I, I'll, I'll warm up after the game. You know, we, we can get in the car and we can warm up after the game and get dry later. And it was just, you know, I don't know, doing things that put you out of your comfort zone, uh, I think makes you makes you more resilient. So yeah, um, you had mentioned it that that I I had wrote down to the uh, the Navy SEALs uh, was something that you know mm-hmm. a lot of times I listen to yeah Goggins or or Jocko Willink or whatever and they'll talk about buds training and. And, and I don't know anything about it, right? Because I, I haven't done it. I, can, I only know what they say, but I, several of Navy SEALs have said that it's not always the strongest or the fastest or the smartest guys that pass. It is the people that are have the ability to endure pain, that have the ability to be resilient through hardship and to hold on. And then if they can hold on long enough to overcome and achieve their goal, then it will, it'll pay off. So yeah. a little bit about yeah resilience. 
That's awesome. Those are great examples. And I, I like what you said about training yourself every single day with something, you know, making yourself more resilient every single day. Love that. And love that we talked about resilience as a great credo to add to your personal creed, something to add into your lifestyle and create moments of resilience so that you can exercise that muscle emotionally, physically, intellectually. Uh, sometimes if you do things physically, you can also, it's actually more intellectually than you'd think, you know? Yeah. It's not the cold water on your skin that's hurting. It's your brain screaming, stop. That's it's, actually, yeah, it's, your, it's, that's it's, where your mind over matter is coming in. Mental so. mental fortitude for sure. Yeah. And that's where I think a lot of that resilience resides is in, in your mental capacity and, and how you have control over your mind. So with that, uh, I would encourage you to add this to your personal creed and continue to listen into the podcast as we build our creed together. Thanks for All listening. Right. All right, thanks. Thanks.